All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with The Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. And we have so many different types of guests on this show. We have healthcare VCs. We have founders of health tech firms, healthcare companies, CEOs for hospitals, CEOs for providers. But most importantly, we have uh, the culmination of, of two of those here on the show. So I'm really enthused to have Dr. Anwar Hussein on the show today. Dr. Anwar Hussein is a partner at Rhythm Venture Capital, so Rhythm VC. He's also the founder of Genetic, and he's going to tell us about what both of those firms do. Um, I won't steal his thunder, but uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Um, Dr. Hussein. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Anthony. I appreciate it. Well, take us back. Tell us a little bit about your background and your origin story. Sure, happy to do it. Um, I actually am a immigrant. Uh, I came to this country when I was uh, about nine years old from India. Uh, did all my schooling in uh, New York uh, and uh, just ran into health IT uh, by accident. Uh, in fact, we were at the time looking to figure out how ERs, uh, throughput, emergency departments, throughputs had been improved using technology. Uh, and I'm dating myself, that was probably 15 years ago. Uh, and in fact, IT uh, did not help. In fact, it worsened it. And so that sort of situation got me interested. And I have, from that point in my career, spent you know, either half my time in health IT and the rest of my time in clinical care uh, or and now it's become mostly health IT, um, and I have ranged from working in non-for-profit health systems all the way to uh, the largest um, health system in the country at one at one point, uh, at community health system. I was their CMIO, and now it's um, back to the area that I've always been excited about, which is uh, creating and helping support young companies in this space. I love it. I love it. Well, no, really interesting background and really exciting things that you're working on, you know, currently. And so maybe you can tell us a little bit about the two firms that you're with, right? Tell us a little bit about like what they do and, and the problem, you know, the focus that you have there. And then furthermore, we'd just love to hear about some of the topics that you see in healthcare today, right? Lots of fascinating things that are happening that are paving the way for new possibilities. So we'd just to hear, love to hear a little bit more about what you're working on and, you know, maybe something in healthcare that really is, is really captivating your attention these days. Sure, sure. Happy to do that. So I'll start off with the, uh, what I am founding right now. I have worked on it for about a year. Uh, we are trying to figure out how to build a platform that reduces workload on clinicians. Uh, physicians, as you may know already, Anthony, are facing a ton of uh, um, burnout. Uh, in healthcare, and that actually figure keeps rising. Um, and so burnout has led to all sorts of negative problems um, from increasing patient safety issues uh, to physicians leaving the field. And, and there really is no scalable model available to address it. As people have tried mental health sort of interventions, but nothing at a tech level. And so we're the first platform that hopefully will actually reduce their workload. Um, mm. And the idea is we can drop workload by at least 20%. Um, and if you speak to a physician, they'll tell you that they are actively involved in a lot of grunt work on a day-to-day -day basis, which is clinically not exciting, but required. 
mm-hmm. um, and technology can take over a, quite a bit of that. Um, and interestingly, it repeats all the time across different types of patients. So there is a sort of constant sort of grunt level work that physicians of all specialties deal with. And we think that IT can take over. Uh, and that IT platform would be a mixed bag of things, including artificial intelligence and more traditional software. And so we're hopeful that by dropping workload, we can get physicians excited. But the long-term interest for the startup is mainly to come up with a tech-driven uh, new health delivery model where uh, patients are in much higher control of what they actually want and can do uh, with their uh, health. Uh, and how we want to be able to put that control into the patient's hand, which is going to be probably our long-term interest. We start with the physician, but then we end long-term on the patient. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of one big piece for us. The second firm that I'm uh, working with right now uh, is Rhythm Venture Capital. We're a new firm. Um, we work at the seed level, institutional seed level. We're about you know 40 million, uh, mostly closed. Uh, and our focus is pretty much on digital health or health IT, whatever the uh, sort of uh, buzzword is popular right now. But the idea is we want to be a bit able to address a big gap and then and addressing this, this need to be differentiated. What you see traditionally uh, in terms of folks who are investing in digital health, they're either traditional software guys uh, who aren't really experienced in healthcare or you have traditional healthcare VCs who ha- have a lot of experience in the medical device or the biopharma space, but don't really know health IT. Uh, and so we want to be able to address that gap by creating a team that actually knows health IT and be able to support entrepreneurs who are excited about the space. Uh, and, and I think that's an important piece. Uh, very exciting to be seeing software in healthcare, but I do think that entrepreneurs need the support of people who've been there and done that and I think our team will be able to actually not only give money, but to be actively involved in supporting entrepreneurs through their journey. And and it's a tough journey. Healthcare, mm-hmm. as you know, is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, being able to support entrepreneurs, I think, is a critical piece that we can actually provide uh, over other firms. So hopefully Absolutely. that gives you an idea of what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, no, this is really powerful what you guys are doing. And, you know, along those lines, you know, it's like the common thread of, of healthcare is, you know, uh, as you and I know, you know, lots of dollars being spent in this area, lots of dollars being spent on, on digital software, you know, workflows. Um, hard to sometimes determine the ROI, hard for early stage companies sometimes to penetrate the C-suite of a hospital to get them to engage in even sometimes a pilot or a larger service. Um, all about this thesis of impact, right? It's all about impact. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes a difference in this space, in this modern world of, you know, new digital solutions, new innovations? Um, what What's critical factors in making an impact? How does, how does it get measured on both sides? And, you know, a lot of our listeners obviously, um, you know, have a lot to do with digital health, but uh, just love your advice and feedback if you, if you have it, um, can share with our listeners. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, Anthony, you're asking that question. I, and my answer may, may not be as exciting as, as people <laughs> would want to be. Uh, you know, it's great to talk about AI and healthcare, but right. at a very practical level, it's the less interesting stuff that hospitals and healthcare providers are going to pay attention to, which is can you make my day go easier as a physician or a nurse? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you help me with my day to day work? Uh, can you reduce that work? 
and you help me manage uh, things that are making it harder to be able to get through my day. So for example, uh, prior authorization is a big hot topic in my space where you know physicians actually have to get in touch with insurance companies to be able to get approval for certain interventions for their patients. It is an incredibly painful process. Uh, and But it is something of a bane for most physicians where they are literally sitting on the phone talking for, you know, sometimes up to an hour, just trying to figure out how to get a patient a certain intervention. Right. So these sorts of nuts and bolts sorts of issues, if I were a startup, would start focusing on. Uh, now, in terms of measurement, I think there's this, you know, there are common metrics that we use in healthcare. Uh, I would not try to come up with your own. And I, this is just a, uh, it, it is not to and discourage people to be innovative, uh, not to be innovative. But the idea is if you can leverage what people are already doing uh, and um, get them to pay attention, you'll have a much better shot at getting these pilots and discussions with the C-suite and hospitals and clinics and wherever your targets are in healthcare. Now, if you go too far out on the limb, let's say, for example, I want to use deep learning to do X, Y, Z on your data. Um, it is too far of a leap, uh, to be honest, mm-hmm. with C-suite. And, you know, I, I sat in that seat in the past. Very exciting to talk about over a cup of coffee or at a conference. But when it comes to day-to-day, um, you know, blocking and tackling in a hospital or health system, those sorts of topics just don't hit the mark. And the idea is to literally go after the low-hanging fruit. And, and to start there, I think the important point is you don't need to end there, but you need to start there. And then once you've built up a relationship with these health systems, you can certainly grow from there uh, as long as you're able to address critical pain points. Um, And, you know, we in healthcare in general, we tend to trust people we've already done business with uh, and we'll talk to each other. So I'll pick up the phone and call when I was a CMIO. I'll call my colleague in another health system and ask him, what do you think? Or ask her, what do you think? Is this something that we should pursue? And so getting that initial step into the hospital health system is is important uh, and you need to do it in a very structured and strategic fashion without going after you know uh, some pie in the sky problem uh, at least not right away right right yeah no absolutely this this definitely helps out a ton i think it you know it, it really is um it's almost like super sense or a little bit more than common sense right um and you know lots of innovations that come about but it's got to be ready the timing's got to be right it's got to be you know able to support the current workflows and um it's kind of like you know walking before running you know and uh so this is really enlightening um tell us a little bit more about you know so obviously with 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 your fund you're going to you're going to vote with your dollars, right? What are some other areas that you're interested in or interesting areas that you're looking at, you know, right now, ones that really are, are catching your excitement? Yeah, it's a, it's another great question. I think some of the topics that I'm really interested in broadly speaking is, uh, and something I'm going to keep hunting for is the idea of making value-based care economically feasible. Mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot uh, all over the map, um, but there are some critical challenges that we face in that industry uh, in trying to use technology to make value-based care feasible. So, for example, we deal with a ton of electronic health records. And any new tool that you build that might create value-based care methods uh, run into that massive roadblock of electronic health records. Um, And so these hurdles 
are, are one of the biggest challenges that we're trying to figure out what to do with. How do we work with EHRs to be able to provide platforms that can actually make day-to-day taking care of a patient make sense in value-based care? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's one of the biggest topics that I'm really interested in. Uh, the second thing I'm very much interested in is can you make the supply chain of healthcare much less cumbersome? Uh, um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get some people upset, but there's quite a few players in healthcare that don't really provide much value to the patient or, or mm. whoever the end user is, right? Uh, and it's ultimately the patient. And I am a patient before I'm a physician, before I'm something else. And it's super important that all people in the supply chain somehow create value. And there's a ton in healthcare that doesn't, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to put it out there. Uh, health insurance could potentially be fully replaced by technology. Right. I mean, if you think about it in detail, right, it's, you know, you're taking premiums from an employer and then you're dispersing it for patients. Now, if technology could actually take on that responsibility, we could potentially streamline the supply chain. And so supply chain streamlining is one of the biggest topics that I'm very much interested in healthcare. Um, and these are, you know, big, big topics. These are potential unicorn sort of companies that I'm hunting for. But a good team with a solid background in healthcare and tech, I think could potentially tackle it. I, I think it's, a, it's an important target. Uh, the, the, another area that I'm very interested in is can somebody make health interesting to the consumer? Uh, and that's been a, a real challenge, as you as you've seen all over the place. That you know we've gotten all sorts of things on the consumer side, but consumers still haven't shown a ton of liking for healthcare. You know, most people aren't interested in their health until they get sick. Right. And that's a, a basic assumption we take in healthcare that somehow tech needs to change that equation uh, and to make actually health you know achieving health exciting and interesting. Now compare compare that level, lack of interest to, you know, how much interest we have in social media. Uh, now, if we could make health as interesting as social media, I think the entire population of the U.S. and globally would improve significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's another big topic that I'm interested in. Now, certainly we're open to a ton of other ideas, but these are sort of two or three things that I'm going to keep an eye out for, which I think potentially are literally a unicorn status if they can actually solve those sorts of problems. I love it. I love it. No, this is, this is great. And, um, you know, along those lines, I mean, obviously you're citing some really important phenomenon you know, it feels, I, it, you would like to think it's inevitable, but there's some interesting attributes in what you're mentioning that hopefully, you know, startups and the convergence of some of these societal shifts along with consumerism and social media will, will kind of form into kind of what, what health insurance and healthcare services will, will take shape and form of like in the future. But along those lines, tell us a little bit about your um, exciting vision of the future or tell us about some of the possibilities that you see um, happening, you know, and, and pick a time horizon, right? Whether it's the next three years, next, you know, 10 years or even 50 years. Just love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I have a sincere hope that uh, technology uh, could potentially create completely new delivery models in healthcare, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you have the patient at the center. I mean, I know we talk about this a lot, but getting from here to there, I think, is the real challenge. Is, is from the nuts and bolts, day-to-day stuff, how do we take a startup that starts solving a, a small point 
to one that creates a completely new delivery model that you know uh, the the technology could take on the concept of health insurance uh, it could figure out risk for a patient and say hey you know you're this age or this ethnicity uh, you have this family background this is what's next for you and here's what we need to do to be able to make it cost effective for you we're going to find you the the you know you need a chest x-ray well i'm going to find you one that not only co- is covered by whatever insurance you have mm-hmm. but we will find the most cost effective place to be able to get that and you make the call um and the physician then ultimately becomes a sort of experienced guide you know uh, the, the decision making needs to be placed fully in the patient's hand with a physician sort of being a backup guide to be able to explain uh, options and to be able to support their decision making and now in that construct uh, technology is is core i mean we'd have to deal with all sorts of problems right now that we have to address you know for example how do we uh, you know uh, decouple the data that patients struggle to extract from hospitals and clinics and put it in their hands but there are technologies available you know blockchain for example one of the, the biggest advantages of blockchain is that you can imagine where uh, blockchain would be controlled by a patient their own patient record uh, who you know ultimately the patient will be providing access to physicians to other people saying that you know you have access to my record for this long and only these sections of my record you have to help me with x y and z and so being able to do all these sorts of things in a completely new delivery model is what really excites me in terms of time horizon we are super slow as an industry and and you know this very well anthony i you know i think it's going to take at least 10 years for us to be able to even start the beginnings of looking at new delivery models with tech mm-hmm. uh, what is what is very promising however is that the technology is starting to mature pretty quickly um you know just a few years ago uh, we were dealing with natural language processing and in healthcare uh, there's a ton of folks um who would struggle with NLP so if i would dictate a you know a patient's note it would pick up a lot of things but it would also mess up a lot of things but within the past 5 years it, it's incredibly you know advanced uh, and it's surprising how good it is mm-hmm. um and so fortunately i think the advancement of technology will push healthcare uh, in some ways to be able to adopt it because it's so exciting i mean people are going to say wow i didn't realize you could do that um and and for people like me who are sort of stuck in you know stone age technology <laughs> for the longest it's great to see i mean it's right. very exciting uh, and right. i think that will be the core catalyst is how other industries are sort of progressing and healthcare will watch and say i think we need to do that is and you know of course we need to make sure we do it the right way that you know we uh, we are careful with patient data that we follow all the regulations um you know i don't want to you know i don't want to go down the path of social media and the struggles they're facing with privacy now right but as long as we're as long as we're careful with it i think the advancement of tech itself will make healthcare look up and notice and say hey i think we need to start looking at this at least more carefully so absolutely i think 10 years at least to be honest yeah no it makes sense and you know what's funny though is is you know it's like you hear 10 years but you know in your heart that's most likely going to happen but 10 years happens really fast it, you know it, yep. it was um you know obviously the the iPhone it's like it's it's been around since you know roughly around 2008 but um you know it still just feels like it just came out you know but um 
things happen a lot faster. And, and I, yeah, yep. I think we're over optimistic sometimes in technology of what can happen in three to five years, we totally underestimate what can really happen in, in on the course of a decade or 10 years. And so it's fascinating. I think a lot of leaders in this market have the patience, right? And um, yep. but we're living in a lifetime where we'll see the fruitions of these pieces converging all for the ultimate goal of making people healthier at, at mass scale, right? And so it, it's super exciting, you know, lots of lives to be changed uh, of people that are living today and not even, you know, at their full primes yet. So, um, so really yeah. exciting. Um, well, you know, so, so Dr. Hussein, this has been really great having you on the show. Um, what, what would be a good way for people to connect with you if they would like to engage with you and if you would like people to engage, um, you, if you would like to engage with people and if, if you want people to reach out to you? Sure, I'm happy. Uh, like I said, we're a very from. I mean, I'm going to talk from an investor standpoint. We're a very entrepreneur-friendly firm. Mm -hmm. uh, even if we decide not to invest, mm -hmm. we're happy to provide feedback. And I think that's one thing that I want people to understand about us is that you know, ultimately, we we decide to move on things simply because it, it's just it's a bunch of check marks we have to do, but. That doesn't mean we can't give you feedback and try to improve what you're providing. And, you know, and if we can, we'll do it. Um, and I think we have the requisite background to be able to support at least providing feedback. Um, and so having said that, I'm happy to you know, answer emails. You know, people have projects they're working on, happy to reach out and, and you know, please contact me. And my email uh, at uh, RhythmBC is Anwar, A-N-W-A-R, at uh, RhythmBC, uh, just like it's uh, like it said r-h-y-t-h-m-v-c.com and fantastic. i'm happy to you know connect fantastic anwar this has been great really appreciate that really appreciate what you're doing uh, on both fronts and to our listeners out there again this is the pop health show and this show is for anyone with a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world anwar again thank you so much this was this was great thank you for inviting me Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.